Good morning. Um, it's another day, a beautiful day, a wonderful morning that the Lord has granted us to worship together and to uh, hear from his word. I thank you for coming early and uh, for being here to, for, for this Sunday school lesson. And for those who are uh, viewing from home, uh, thank you also for uh, being prepared to listen early. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, uh, we thank you again for this wonderful morning that you have given us. You have been kind to us to, uh, give, to give to us this Lord's Day that we may sit under the preaching of your word and learn. Lord, we pray for uh, hearts of flesh that we may not harden our hearts uh, when we hear you calling us. We ask that you may be with us today, that you may help me as I uh, take us through uh, this account of conversions in the New Testament. Uh, give us all wisdom and an, and an understanding of your word. Uh, be with us through this session. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we have been going through uh, this book, Becoming a Christian by Keith Underhill. It is a study of uh, conversions in the New Testament. People who were either seeking Jesus or seeking to be saved and were saved, um, and others who were seeking Christ but did not find him. We will learn through the study of these people what true conversion is. Not everything from one story, but different things from different people. Today we will study the account of Zacchaeus, an inquisitive tax collector, from Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. So let's turn to Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. I will read. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Sorry, I'll repeat. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into, he has gone in to be with guests uh, sorry, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. Last week, when we were looking at the example of the Pharisee and the tax collector, we saw that conversion is praying to God as a sinner and pleading for mercy and to justification we see the tax collector beating his chest and crying unto God uh, for mercy. And then on the other hand, we saw uh, the Pharisee who also prayed to God but was not heard. So it might seem that 
it was all the work of the man, um, the tax collector. Uh, it may seem that it was his work and that the only part God had to play was to respond to his request for mercy by showing that mercy. So in, in the account, we saw the tax collector pleading for mercy. And we saw that conversion is praying to God as sinners, pleading for mercy and to justification. Today, we will see that true conversion is being sought and saved by Christ, which results in repentance and a total change in life. I'll repeat that. The lesson today, uh, we will see that conversion is being sought and saved by Jesus Christ, which results in repentance and a totally changed life. In the account of the tax collector uh, last week, we were not told why the tax collector sought Jesus. We only see him pleading for mercy. We are not told how he ended up there. Today we will see um, what works in, the, in, in someone's heart so that they can plead for mercy. So that we will see that it is the work of God in the sinner first. Before, before the sinner seeks God, God will have uh, sought the sinner. So conversion is Christ seeking us. In this uh, portion of Luke 19, our Lord Jesus Christ is on his last journey up to Jerusalem where everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. We see that in Luke um, chapter 18, 31 to 33. Our Lord Jesus Christ knew what he was going to go through. He knew the suffering that he was going to face. But he still had to go to Jerusalem. And on his way to, he, he had to pass through Jericho because there was still some work to be done there. There was a soul to save. He knew in the, few, in, the, in the next days, things are going to be tough for him. He knew he was going to die. And he knows the reason why he is going to die is because, as we will see, um, it's because he came to save sinners. This tax collector, Zacchaeus, it's obviously not like the Pharisee that we saw. He's, he's not proud. We see that he's some, somehow he's seeking Christ. We are told in verse 2, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Unlike the Pharisee, the Pharisee went before God to, to tell him the good things he had done. Now this man, a sinner, uh, appears to be seeking God. But we will see later that it was God who actually sought him. We know this uh, because this is the story of Jesus. It may seem like it is the story of Zacchaeus, but it is the story of Jesus. I believe Jesus was not an idler. He was not... He was not just walking around and trying to think, where should we go next? Jesus is God. He woke up that day knowing that he's going to be with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus did not know that. Everyone did not know that. That is why we see uh, Zacchaeus trying to make effort uh, to see him. You know, let me get on this tree so that somehow I can get to see this Jesus. But Jesus, going through Jericho, knew very well that today I will spend at Zacchaeus's. 
we see him saying, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. I don't think this is something he just thought. He saw that guy, ah, Zacchaeus, come, we are going to your place today. No. We, we see that Christ knows this man. Maybe I will ask you to... Um, let me just ask a question. What, what in these texts makes you think that uh, Christ knew him? It's, it's obvious, but I, I want to hear from you, from the texts. What gives it? Sorry? Naskia mtu, but sijui sauti natoka wapi. Yes, he called him by his name. Anything else? Someone is... Was someone saying something? Okay. Um... Yes, uh, Christ called him by, by his name. Um, before we, sorry, before we get um, into the details, there is something that I want us to see, something about Zacchaeus and his, from us, from verse 2. What Zacchaeus appears to have made it, as we would say, in this life. He appears to be okay. Two things from verse 2 uh, that show us that Zacchaeus had things that many people longed for. According to the world, he had no need for Jesus. What, what two things do you see from verse 2? Again, they are obvious. I just want to see if you're with me. Anyone? Uh, the first one. Mm -hmm. It says that he was a chief, you know, chief tax collector. Yes. Chief, uh -huh. the high status. Yes. Thank you. He was a chief tax collector. Last time we saw that tax collectors were rich. They were rich from oppressing the Jews. He was not only a tax collector, he was a chief of the district of Jericho. There were such um, three districts in Jerusalem. So there were two others like him. Among the tax collectors, he was boss. And he was, number two, he was rich. Position and riches. People who have those two things in the world that we live in do not have a need for Christ. They think they have made it in this life. In fact, Jesus Christ warns, uh, warns us in, in scriptures that it is very hard. In the same book of Luke, he warns us that it is very hard for a rich man to enter, the, uh, to enter heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to find God. Um... So he had position, he had riches. But we know that uh, Zacchaeus was actually lost. 
The world doesn't know that, but he was lost. He was lost because, number one, Jesus says so. We see in, in verse 10, Jesus concludes by saying, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So after giving the example, of, uh, after the story of Zacchaeus, Christ tells us that he came to seek the lost. And Zacchaeus is, is one of them. Tax collectors were lumped together with sinners and were considered to be sinners. We saw that in the, in, in the last study. Tax collectors, especially Jews, like Zacchaeus, who worked with the Romans to oppress the Jews in enriching uh, themselves, sorry, in, in collecting taxes for the Romans, and while at it, enriching themselves. They were traitors. Everyone knew that they were sinners. Like everyone here knows without doubt that prostitutes are sinners. Tax collectors were in that category. So that when, when Christ ate with tax collectors, uh, for example, in Luke chapter 5, when he called Matthew, the Pharisees and the, and the scribes were angry. You know, why do you eat with such people? Why do you sit with such people? I'm sure we would think the same of him if Christ came today and sat with uh, thieves and politicians and prostitutes. We would think, what's, what's, wrong, with, what's wrong with you? You, you? you are the holy one. So Zacchaeus was, was lost. He was a sinner. He knew it and everyone knew it. We know that, number two, because uh, Zacchaeus himself said it. Uh, he confessed that he had stolen, that he had taken... In verse 8, that he had defrauded people by taking their goods, and he promises to restore them. But he had stolen. He had uh, given himself to the pursuit of wealth. He was rich. He had broken the first commandment. Riches were his God. He had broken the eighth commandment. He had stolen. He had broken the tenth commandment. He was covetous. And we see that the, the, with this issue of money and wealth, as we are told in 1 Timothy 6, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So we know for sure that Zacchaeus was lost. And so are we and all who don't know Christ. We are lost, and unless Christ himself seeks us, there is no finding for us. We, we cannot be found unless we are sought. If, if a ship gets lost, two things are needed. It must first be sought and be brought back. Um, the spiritually lost person is away from God, is not receiving his blessings, and his certain end will be destruction. Christ came for those who are in this category, those who are lost. And that is everyone. Um, any, any comments so far up to that point? Or questions. Okay, so the first thing we will study today 
we will see that conversion starts with the Lord seeking the sinner. Again, this story is the story of Christ. Christ is the one in verse 1 who is going through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Christ is the one that goes to, to Zacchaeus. Christ is the one on that road. We may, as I had said, we may, it may seem like it's the story of Zacchaeus in that uh, he, he saw Christ was coming and uh, we may think he was smart and wise because he thought, I am short. Um, think of Likobe. Oh, sorry, uh, maybe that was the wrong example for, <laughs> for some people here. Think of Mwala, a rich Mwala. Um, maybe a member of parliament, we would say, or a top CEO somewhere, he's very rich. Climbing a tree is very shameful for such a person. But we, we may think it's him uh, strategizing, seeing that I won't make to see Jesus here, and I can see he's going this way. So let me go ahead of him, get on top of that tree, so that I can get to see him. But again, but again as I said, um, Christ was not just roaming aimlessly. I believe he woke up that day knowing that he was going to meet Zacchaeus. So it is the story of Christ. It is the story of Christ going to suffer in Jerusalem, but going through Jericho to save Zacchaeus and to heal a blind beggar. So Jesus is the most important person. As we have said, it is Jesus who is passing through Jericho. It is Jesus who comes to where Zacchaeus, uh, Zacchaeus is, up in a sycamore tree. It is Jesus who commands him to come down quickly and inform him that he will be at his place that day. In short, what I'm trying to say is, Zacchaeus did not seek Jesus. Jesus sought Zacchaeus. It is Jesus who seeks after sinners. And so, as, as I said, the lesson for today, we will see that conversion is being sought by Christ. We see that Jesus went straight to Zacchaeus. Uh, from the account, we see that there was a crowd of people. As Zacchaeus was strategizing, he says, um, he ran on ahead and climbed up on a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about uh, to pass that way, not there. On the account, on account of the crowd, he could not see Jesus, so he went on to climb a tree. There were very many people there, crowds of people, and there was Zacchaeus. So why did Jesus single out this one person out of the crowd? Why not just save everyone? Why not just tell everyone there, today salvation has come to you all. And this is why I said that today, today we will see why it was the tax collector who got justified and not the Pharisee. Why do you think? Let, let me hear from you. Why do you think Jesus singled out Zacchaeus from a crowd? Yes, Victor. <laughs> I might be so wrong also. Mm -hmm. So I remember last Sunday uh, you also taught us about the attitude of the heart, yeah. about the attitude of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm -hmm. 
So the attitude of the tax collector was full of pride and, uh, and how he compared his righteousness horizontally and mm -hmm. was able to justify himself, right? Mm -hmm. So here maybe if uh, verse 7, the way it says, and when they saw it, they all, they all grumbled, saying what? He has gone into, uh, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So seeing the characteristic of this all is just equivalent to the characteristic of the tax collector, you know. Mm -hmm. This is a sin, you know, an implication is I am righteous, you know, you ought not to go to that sinner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also the tax collector in, in the parable that you taught us last week, he had a humble heart, which we see here an extremely humble respond to Christ's uh, calling. So maybe I may argue with that verse. Okay. I'd say it's it's true that we are clearly told here that it is sinners that Christ came to seek. But then again, we are told, all we are told here is that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He was just curious. He could have wanted to see him for any reason. Maybe he had... There's a certain man, uh, a prophet, who eats with tax collectors. You know, tax collectors were a lonely lot. People did not like them. They were traitors. So they probably were their own friends. And then there was this man who, who's claiming to be a man of God who eats with sinners and tax collectors. Maybe he just wanted to see, how does this man look like? There is nothing in these texts that suggests that Zacchaeus felt remorseful. Or is there? So there's still a reason why. Anyone else who wants to try? Yes, Paul. I think it was just left to the sovereign choice of Jesus. Uh, he, because there probably were other people on the trees. Mm -hmm. uh, so Jesus simply wanted to show his sovereignty mm -hmm. and also the fact that he is able to bring salvation even to the worst of sinners. Yeah. So there was nothing in Zacchaeus that caused him to uh, point to choose him. Mm -hmm. It was simply that Zach he wanted to choose Zacchaeus. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was looking for. There was nothing. There was nothing in Zacchaeus that made Christ go to him. Christ sought Zacchaeus because Christ sought Zacchaeus. Because Christ is sovereign. The Lord chose to seek him and not others. We just cannot argue with this, as it is clearly what happened. The Spirit, um, we see in Matthew eleven twenty-seven, 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son chooses. To reveal to him. So it is God who chooses uh, who he will save. Again in John 6 verse 44 we see, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. In the same way we are also lost that unless the Lord seeks us in his mercy, there is no hope for us. So that is just the truth. Christ seeks whoever he chooses to seek. Any comments and questions on that issue?
Nope. Okay. So, so then I'd, I'd ask how, that was the story of Zacchaeus. How does Christ seek us today? We are here seated. How do we know that Christ is seeking us? We have been commanded in scripture to seek the Lord while he may be found, to seek Christ. But we have seen from scriptures that we cannot seek Christ unless he seeks us. How do we know that he is seeking us? Anyone? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, mm. Whereas we see Christ personally uh, seeking Zacchaeus mm -hmm. uh, at uh, the city of Jericho, mm. uh, it's very easy to say right now that, you know, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But um, Christ does seek us today in the same way uh, when, when his word, the gospel is brought to us. Yeah. Um, when, when we read uh, how... Paul describes Christ going to the Ephesians and mm -hmm. uh, preaching to them. Mm -hmm. uh, it almost seems weird, mm -hmm. but the truth is, uh, when the word of when the word of Christ, the gospel, is brought to our attention, it yeah. is Christ Himself uh, yeah. pleading with us to be reconciled with yeah. God and yeah. seeking us that way. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's true. So we know that Christ is seeking us if we hear his gospel. So if you're hearing this today, or if you find yourself in a situation where the gospel is being preached, the word of God is being taught, and you're convicted of your sins, you know, that's Christ seeking you. And there's one thing to respond, one way to respond to that, like Zacchaeus did. What did Zacchaeus do? Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. So Jesus has called. What did he say? Verse 6, what did he do rather? So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. So do not wait for Jesus Christ to come to you personally. If you have heard the word of God being taught, like, uh, like Zacchaeus, what you ought to do is to hurry and receive him joyfully. So Christ seeks us by bringing his, his, his word to your attention and it is his voice that you hear. When our pastors preach, when the uh, person preaching stands here to preach, it is God's word that you hear. When the pastor tells you over and over to repent and believe, it is Jesus Christ who's telling you to come, repent, believe. Jesus also seeks us by sending his spirit to work together with his word so that when the word is preached to us, we will hear. Jesus taught and many people heard, but not all came. Only those who the spirit of God has, had started the work of salvation in their hearts, only those came. So again, conversion, true conversion, is nothing of our own doing. Conversion is being sought and saved by Christ. What Jesus did in this account with Zacchaeus is what the Bible calls or terms calling. Jesus called Zacchaeus by which God effectually draws the sinner to himself. 
It is part of the great chain of salvation from predestination to glorification. Jesus, our Lord, casts himself in this very role here. Without him, there is no hope. A lost sheep is utterly unable to find its way back home. Jesus finds the sheep and brings it back home, just as he did with Zacchaeus. Any comments, questions? Yes, James. Uh, as uh, thank you, as as you are speaking, yeah. allow me to just uh, recite the words of uh, a song by Sovereign Grace titled okay. "Not in Me." Mm -hmm. Just as we continue to think about uh, this lesson, okay. So it says, "No list of sins I have not done, no list of virtues I pursue, no list of those I am not like, can earn myself a place with you." For oh God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner through and through. My only hope of righteousness is not in me, but only you. Second verse says, no humble dress, no fervent prayer, no lifted hands, no tearful song, no recitation of the truth can justify a single wrong. My righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary Lord was born by him, and he alone can give me rest. And the final verse says, No separation from the world, no work I do, no gift I give, can cleanse my conscience or cleanse my hands. I cannot cause my soul to live. Mm -hmm. But Jesus died and rose again. The power of death is overthrown. My God is merciful to me and merciful in Christ alone. And then the refrain is, my righteousness is Jesus' life. My debt was paid by Jesus' death. My weary Lord was born by him, and he alone can give me rest. Amen. In verse 10, um, Christ says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, we may not be familiar with this, but this was offensive to the Jews. Because when Christ claimed to be the son of man, he claimed to be the son of man of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13 to 14 which says, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This is the person that Jesus Christ was claiming to be. And this was very, very offensive to the Pharisees. It was, it was blasphemy. Again, um, again the, the high priests asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. He taught wonderfully and performed many miracles. He was crucified and on that day rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. But why? The conversion of Zacchaeus explains it and shows us what an absolutely vital matter true conversion is. He came to bring nothing 
other than conversion. So it is this Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came on earth to bring conversion. And by he came, it's that he was not, his genesis was not in his mother's womb like it is for us. He was from eternity past. He just came to us to bring us salvation. So if you're listening to this today and you're not a believer, it is in Jesus Christ that you will find true conversion. It is nothing that you have done. It is not because you're, you're attending Bible study or watching this or seated here today that you will be born again. And if you're If you're having this uh, strong urge of conviction of your sins, now this is Jesus calling, and he will not call forever. Please receive him joyfully. So something else that we will see is that conversion is the sinner's response of repentance. We are not told in this account um, that Zacchaeus uh, directly believed, or Zacchaeus doesn't, as we do, doesn't introduce himself to the people. Hi guys, I am Zacchaeus and I am born again but we know that he was saved that day. So what, what makes you think, or what in that text of scripture shows us that, that Zacchaeus received salvation that day? Sorry? Verse nine. Yes. And Zacchaeus, um, and Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to his house. Uh, to this house, sorry. What else? That is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 8 that says, Yes, thank you. The evidence of repentance. And Zacchaeus stood and said, to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore fourfold. Let me just insist on that part. The half of my goods I will give to the poor. Jesus has over and over and over taught that riches or wealth is a hindrance. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to see heaven. We know that Zacchaeus received salvation that day because he found something more important than wealth. He was willing to give it all away. And if anyone he'd, he had defrauded, he was going to, to pay him four times. Is there any evidence in your life, if you claim to be a believer, is there any evidence that you have been born again? You know, repentance... We, we know repentance by fruit, by what comes after. Just ask yourself if you claim to be born again, especially on this issue of wealth. You know, how do you handle your, whatever you have, your finances, wealth, money? Do you give? Do you give generously? 
do you uh, neglect family um, or do you neglect worship for the pursuit of wealth? These things you will say it with your mouth that you are a believer, but your fruits, your fruit will 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 tell us more, much more about more than your confession. So your attitude towards wealth, especially, will show you where you stand. And not wealth only. Forsaking your sin. For all who have believed have uh, have. They, they start a new life. There is a change. The contrast uh, for Zacchaeus, the contrast with his former life is what the Bible terms repentance. Comments, questions about that? It is a very practical thing. You will um, ask yourself, if um, you see fruit in any way, do you see a difference from the time you, you think you were born again? Is your past and from that time onward different? If, if it's not, chances are you're not, a, you're not a believer. If nothing changed, you believed in Jesus Christ and nothing major changed about your life, chances are you're not a believer. Any comments there? Any thoughts about that? Yes. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, just to uh, back up your words, we see that there is um, demand for change in the scriptures whenever someone encounters the true Christ. Um, when Christ meets the sinful woman, uh, who's uh, been caught in adultery. Mm -hmm. He tells her, you know, your sins are forgiven. Go, sin no more. Yeah. Um, this attitude of I, Christ has saved me and I will remain as I am and he loves me just as I am mm -hmm. um, can be sometimes misunderstood and misinterpreted to mean that just come to Christ and mm. uh, he, he'll just give you uh, an insurance policy against hell. You continue living as you are. But every person in the Bible, as we mm. see in the Gospels, yeah. whenever they meet up with Christ, there is a huge transformation. It's not simply mm. uh, something small. It's not simply an attitude change. It is a life change. They look at their wealth differently. Yeah. They look at their family responsibility differently. They look at uh, their own sin differently. Everything changes. And um, it is true that uh, if, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And that new creation is a totally different creation. Now, it doesn't mean that it will, things might, will happen day one. Yeah. But obviously, gradually, your life will be fundamentally changed. Yeah, thank you. thank you. You, yes, James, and then Pasi. Uh, I think Luke 19, I think verse 9 mm -hmm. should somehow precedes verse 8. If you look at, uh, if you look at 2 Timothy 2.19, Mm. It says, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Mm. And then, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Yeah. So the testimony of Christ and then the evidence. Yeah. Repentance. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, another thing to add there is that uh, uh, when conversion has coming to someone mm -hmm. um they, they do not postpone repentance yeah uh, you know we see that the response of Zacchaeus is immediate immediately 
there is no hesitation. Mm. Um, they've been convicted in their minds that mm. I am a sinner mm. and, and, and the heart, you know, immediately wants to change along with the will mm. in the direction that uh, uh, a transformation has happened. Yeah. And that's what the, the Lord does confirm in verse 9. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we, we see the transformation in Zacchaeus in his mind, heart and will, as Pastor Marungi has said. In his mind, he, he understands that he is a sinner. In his heart, he loves Christ. He loves righteousness. He wants to undo the wrongs he has uh, done. And in, in his will, he makes resolves. You know, he says, this I will do. I have stolen, I will return. I have neglected the poor, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. So, so it should be for all of us, you know, convicted in our minds, in our hearts, and in our will. And after we have been convicted, like Zacchaeus did, we resolve, we make resolves. Yes, Paul? Um, get the mic. Yeah, I just wanted to point out two things that, mm -hmm. that I see there in verse mm -hmm. 8. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, and, th and then he says, Behold, Lord. And I think from that I, I see that Repentance mm. involves a submission to Christ as Lord. Lord, yeah. Yes, He is Lord over even those who do not submit, mm. but repentance involves that submission to Him. Joyfully. That, yeah, mm. joyfully. Mm. Uh, that, and so that therefore leads to that forsaking of sin mm. uh, which you have been doing, mm. uh, then, and pursuing <clears throat> the righteousness which He desires. Mm. But then also, secondly, I see there that. Uh, repentance involves not just recognizing that you are a sinner, mm. but repenting of specific sins which you have been involved in. Mm. Yeah. And so here we see that uh, Zacchaeus was a sinner and we see that he was a covetous man. Then mm. that covetousness led him to, to make God, money his God, mm. such that he was willing to serve it at whatever cost. Mm. But his repentance involved not just renouncing what he, he did in the past, mm. but also showing in the future that I'm not going to depend on money, but mm. rather it's God who is going to be my Lord. So mm. yeah, specific sins, you repent of specific sins. Mm. And yeah, we all stumble in different ways. Mm. You can't repent specifically there. Another person has repented. There are sins yeah. which you are yeah. prone to. Yeah, true. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, yes, Victor. Uh, you know, this is so, so wonderful to read of this event because we see how, uh, you know, the first intention of Zacchaeus was to see who the, this Jesus was. You know, he heard about his story, he heard how he changed water to wine, he heard how he did great, great, great things. Mm. He heard even of how his words were so authoritative, even more as compared to the scribes. Mm. He heard how he uh, sat down with sinners, with prostitutes. Mm. He heard about maybe the lady was about to be stoned and, you know, how he rescued uh, the lady from the Pharisees and how he told her not to sin anymore. So he wanted to see this Jesus. And mm. it's so amazing that uh, how the transformed heart now became, you know, uh, the very word that says he received him joyfully. Yeah. 
not grievously uh he, he chose the word joyfully and mm. i will wonder why intentionally put that word he received him joyfully, joyfully. Yeah. and even as you have all stated you know the characteristic of a sinner we are all eaten up by our sins mm. maybe for him it was the exploitation the harsh treatment you know the stingy uh, mm. uh giving the boastful attitude but hearing Christ calling him and him receiving him joyfully it was so amazing because his attitude towards those sin he knew they were taken away by the son of man he saw Christ as Paul is saying as the lord you know the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob you know it's so amazing how his transformed heart now view things mm -hmm. he saw christ all in all he saw his riches and his money as nothing but mere servants mm -hmm. he saw all his sins taken away and that's why as you insist and it is so that a transformed heart must change yeah. a converted heart must, must change because now it's seeing the truth of who Christ is yeah. not as a claiming god but truly as a glorified great and powerful god who has come to seek and to save so what a wonderful thing to see such a such a reality of the characteristic of our supreme god that indeed he he seeks and he seeks so as to save mm. and i really yearn that uh many 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 people know of this fact because even as paul said uh it, this 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 specific verse is written to show us that christ is sovereign mm. he is supreme mm. and in his supremacy he seeks the so called sinners you know the politician the worst of the worst that we think mm. salvation do not belong to them mm. even their salvation has come and is seeking salvation he is mm. seeking he is seeking salvation mm. so it's so amazing to uh to see such a characteristic of mercy mm. and compassion put on display yeah thank you uh it should be a joy for us all we we know that we are sinners it's it should be a joy to read verse 10 for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost should bring us joy So as I finish again I will I will ask what did this uh, how did this repentance come about Repentance is a gift of God It is the work of the Holy Spirit to convince us of our sins We, we see that in John 16:8 What what did the spirit use was it specifically that Jesus came to him personally or was it something said by Jesus uh, in his home what was Zacchaeus doing uh, well we see that he was not sleeping but was so eager to see Jesus such that he climbed on a tree this should um tell us something again uh let me repeat this zacchaeus was rich he had uh power he did not mind what people will say he knew i am short and i have to see this guy so he went on a tree he was doing something so if you hear the lord calling you know seek seek to be under his preaching seek to um attend midweek uh, services sit to sit under the true pre uh, preaching of of his word may your meditation uh, may you meditate on the truth that you are lost by nature and that Christ came for the purpose of seeking and actually saving uh people such as you but there is no hope for you in Christ 
unless you cry out like Isaiah that you are lost and helpless. So as I conclude, one thing that we know, one thing that we know from the word of God that you must do is repent. Christ is seeking you and what you have to do is repent. Um, Matthew 4.17 From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke 5.32 I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 13.3 No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is what he commands, uh, He commanded his followers to preach. In Luke 24.47, that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations be, uh, beginning from Jerusalem. Repentance is what Peter and John preached on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2.38, and Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Repentance is what God commands everyone to do. We see that in Acts 17.30. The times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now, he commands all people everywhere to repent. There is no genuine conversion without repentance, and Zacchaeus is a good example of what it means to repent. If you profess to be a Christian, you must ask yourself if you have really repented. Has this brought a fundamental change in your life? In Zacchaeus, it showed itself in his attitude towards his riches, for that is where his great sin lay. Have you turned from sin to righteousness? Is it now your great longing to walk according to all the, uh, the commandments of God? Ask this of yourself. So I conclude with this statement that true conversion is being sought and saved by Jesus Christ, which results in repentance and a totally changed life. Amen. I'll just close with order prayer. Sorry, do we have any comments? Last comment or question? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Even on our words fail us when mm. we go to him in repentance, because this is a half-hearted repentance mm. uh, on the part of Zacchaeus. For he says, my goods, and he says again, and if I have, mm. you get. Yeah, yeah. So he has not come out fully and said, he's still half-heartedly half going and saying, and if. That means that if someone would come up and say that uh, you, mm. Zacchaeus, extorted and uh, gained from me, mm. of which would be hard because of his power and his position, mm. uh, I mean, he'd keep, still have to keep all uh, the wealth that he had extorted from the Jews. So this is a half-hearted attempt at, mm. uh, at repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, he was not fully... I guess his words failed him, of which most of us, uh, the mm. best of us do. Uh, but the mercy of God comes through by, he did not look out, listen to the words per se. Mm. But I think if someone goes genuinely with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, mm. that God will actually have mercy and uh, accept the, the sacrifice of repentance. Mm. Um yeah it it could be his it could be his word words failed him but it could also be that he had defrauded so many people that he I'm just thinking he could not remember yeah. yes Alvin please be brief, brief. yes yeah. uh, be brief um 
This is something that was, was published in the East African Standard mm. a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Someone came to salvation and he said, this is what the advert reads, mm. all debts to be paid. I, Alan Harangui, alias Wanye Karangui, PO Box, blah, 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 have dedicated services to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I must put right all my wrongs. If I owe any debt or damage personally or any of the companies I have been a director or partner, I hear guaranteed services, blah, blah, blah. Please contact me or my advocates, blah, blah, blah. No amount will be disputed. God and his son, Jesus Christ, be glorified. So I think yeah. it's, as you say, um, just like this guy who got saved a few years ago, it's, I have defrauded so many people, I just don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. And I am more inclined to believe that, that he had defrauded so many people that he could not remember. Yes. There is a question from Moses Daka. Mm -hmm. Does repentance happen once or is it a process? Sorry? Does repentance happen mm -hmm. once or is it a process? Um, last, last week, I said, or, or rather, there's this quote that goes, the evidence that you once repented is that you still repent. It is an ongoing process. Because you repented once doesn't mean that's, that's it. The more you see your sin, the more you repent. We ought to repent every day for specific sins as uh, Paul told us. Yes, yes, but it has a beginning. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pray so that we can prepare for the next worship service. Let's pray. Our dear Lord, our King in heaven, we thank you. We thank you especially that you sent your son Jesus Christ to come into this world to live a righteous life so that he could bear our burden of sin. And the word has been brought to us that all we need to do for salvation is to believe in him, to repent and turn away from our sins. Lord, may you soften every heart here today that everyone here may repent of their sin. And those repenting for their first time, Lord, that you may uh, soften them, those who are hearing your gospel for the first time or even for the hundredth time but have not believed. Please help them to know that you will not be patient forever, that the day of salvation is today and the time is now. May you save them, Lord. May you help us to um, meditate and make resolutions going forward on how we are going to live because you have forgiven us our sins. May you work in our hearts, Lord, to seek after you because you have sought us. We thank you for this day, the Lord's day, and for the opportunity to worship. We pray that you will prepare us and that we will be prepared to worship, that we may not sin against you by coming to you casually that we may not take your name in vain by worshipping absent-mindedly. Help us to be here and fully here. Help us to glorify you by our words, our actions, and our thoughts. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, do we pray. Amen.